0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode thirty-three of the Twenty-Five Eight Sportscast. We're excited to be here with you today. I'm Tommy Finkin. Alongside me today, as per usual, is the hopeful Miami Heat fan of next season, Jet Rosenstein. Jet, yeah, hey,
1: I'm, I'm excited to be back after a little bit of a break. Um, one of our one of the guys on our team decided to take a vacation in the middle of prime podcasting season, which is unfortunate, but. Uh, we're back. We're ready to go. A lot to catch you guys up on. And um, Ken's here. Penelope's under Tommy's table. So we're ready to go. Jet, you just think you are hilarious.
0: Um, so, yeah, the thing is the thing. Jet Rosenstein is a fan of the Miami Heat and they lost. But we'll get to that in a little while. Just wanted to make that clear to all of our listeners that didn't know that. And Jed himself, I wanted him to hear those words again. We'll start today's episode off with a few announcements about the podcast. Firstly, we are going to get back to a regular schedule, recording schedule, if those words even make any together the way they were. We are going to be recording every Tuesday and Thursday, and you'll be able to listen or watch these shows every Wednesday or Friday Morning slash afternoon, whenever our lovely assistant—well, my lovely assistant Jet—gets them up. Jet, does that sound good?
1: Yeah, um, sounds good to me. Just hearing of this announcement now for the first time, so um, I'll have to shuffle some things around because obviously this is my uh, second and first um, priority. So,
0: yeah, funny stuff there again from Jet. Someone get this guy in the comedy club. Probably around the hours of like three in the morning or so. So he'll get everybody that's waking up rolling over for a glass of water, and that's about it. Jet, today we are going to be talking about just this is an episode dedicated completely to the NBA finals. If you could please pull it together over there down in Lake Worth or Tampa, wherever you are right now. Oh, wait, that must be Tampa because I can actually see your face this time. So. Jet will be in Tampa for this recording, in case anyone was wondering. So we're going to talk about top ten players in the finals. I have some honorable mentions as well, um, and then we're going to talk about a few bold predictions that we have, and you know, just overall general takes on what we think could happen in this NBA Finals. Jet, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm. Um,
1: I guess I'm excited to preview these finals.
0: Yeah, I guess as well. I'm going to start off with my honorable mentions. First, two guys that, you know, this finals would not be possible without, and that is Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Um, we would not see the finals, the very entertaining finals that we were about to see coming up here tomorrow night if it wasn't for, well, the Miami Heat choking as they do best. So thank you for Bam and Jimmy. A um, few games that you guys combined for like 12 points, but... It's okay. I I appreciate it. I do, because now we get to watch a much more competent team face what looks to be a Warriors that may even be the best team that they've been since KD left. So that is to be determined. But
1: yeah, the unfortunate unfortunate thing though now is this is just not going to be a competitive series. You were looking at a very competitive series with teams that have plenty of finals experience. Now you have a Celtics team walking to an NBA finals, and they're about to get a rude awakening. Not one player on that team has yet to play in an NBA finals. When you look up and down that Golden State Warriors team, plenty of finals experience, plenty of final success. That's kind of foreshadowing what my NBA final prediction is going to look like. You done? Go for it.
0: So my first two real honorable mentions are going to be Derek white and Peyton Pritchard. Um, I think that these two guys, they are very impactful players on the series. We saw Derek white take over and I think game five or six against the, I think it was five uh, game five against the heat. And that obviously his performance was basically the, the sole reason that they won as well as Kyle Lowry's performance, but a uh, very good game for him. And then, and Pritchard, is he's a dead-eye shooter from pretty much anywhere beyond the arc. A lot of guys that play his style of game can only shoot from the corners. But uh, he, he's a bit more lethal
1: because he can do it from just about anywhere. Jet, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, um, just a, f- a few guys that I wanted to touch on that are on my list. Um, Otto Porter Jr., uh, someone that we may not be hearing a lot about. Uh, He has had a a significant impact, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball as well. A 6.8 net rating, which combines for a 110 offensive rating and a 103 defensive rating. So he's one of those guys that kind of goes under the radar and is performing at a at a very high level and in a very key role player situation that is going to help this Warriors team in these finals then my second honorable mention is Robert Williams. Uh, even though he doesn't play a ton of minutes, a lot of that has to do with him not being at, at full strength. But when he's out there, he is a, um in, imposing threat for offenses with him standing in the middle of that paint, kind of navigating everything coming his way. He is a great shot blocker, and he is great on, on the glass as well. So those, those are two honorable mentions that unfortunately did not make my list.
0: That's actually incredible. You have Rob Williams outside of the top 10. I'm excited to hear your top 10 after that. Um, For me, my number 10 slot is going to be Andrew Wiggins. And I think that this guy, obviously, former number one overall pick, you you expect him to be a little bit higher, especially because we're just talking about two teams here. But the thing for me about Wiggins is that he hasn't really reached that potential that he was drafted at quite yet. And I don't really think that we're ever going to see that out of him. But another thing, he's averaging just 15 points a game, and that's obviously the main part of his game is scoring. Um, obviously, an athletic defender, but I think that Andrew Wiggins slots in at that ten spot pretty well.
1: Yeah. So number number ten for me um, is going to be Al Horford of the Boston Celtics, and you know it's it's really it's nice to see him finally getting a shot at winning the NBA Finals after all of these years in the league, never never getting this chance. But he has, he has made a strong impact on the Celtics throughout this postseason. And obviously, he's, he's had a couple big offensive games where he had 30, 22, 20, 20. But for me, I, I've been more impressed by what he brings to the table defensively. Um, throughout the series against the Heat, he just was really, really a tough matchup for whether it was Bam Adebayo um, or P.J. Tucker, whoever, whoever else Al Horford had to guard. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, bring it once again in this series and I'm excited to see what he does in his first finals.
0: Yeah, he's, he's my number nine player. He actually broke the record for most playoff wins without appearing in an NBA finals. Obviously that, that record is not going to continue to grow, but I have Al, Al Horford in nine because I think that he is a, even at his age is a very, very solid and reliable player to have. Um, I think that he averages, he's pretty much an automatic double double in the playoffs. And I mean, you really can't argue with with that logic. You hear automatic double double, he's got to be top 10. Even to have him at nine, I think could be a little bit low. But uh, once I get to the guys higher, it's going to be tough to, tough to argue.
1: Yeah, our bottom two seem to be switched as uh, I've uh, entered Wiggins at number nine, and he's been very consistent throughout these playoffs, averaging about 16 points and seven seven rebounds a game. Um, There's actually only been three games where he's been in the negative um, when it comes to plus minus. And obviously, you know, he's able to score, score, and he's been scoring at a much higher level this season, but he also brings it defensively. And I'm, I'm really excited in, in what I'm expecting to be a matchup between uh, Jason Tatum and uh, Andrew Wiggins.
0: My number eight player is going to be Jordan Poole. And the thing for me is that the only reason I have him higher than Horford and Wiggins is just because he has that he has that ability to where if he drops 30 points, you wouldn't really be shocked. The other guys, if they drop thirty, that's like that's their highlight game. You're talking about it for a while, um, but Jordan, even though he's coming off the bench, he's still averaging near eighteen points a game, and he is he is a as good a scorer as they come right now in the NBA. And I think that it's going to be a cold day in hell before he you know averages less than fifteen points in in this NBA Finals.
1: Yeah, number eight for me, this might come to a surprise to a lot of people, but it is Derek White. And after watching that series against the Heat, he impressed me a lot. And you may remember when the Boston Celtics were struggling in the regular season, they went out and made a trade with the San Antonio Spurs, and that was to acquire Derek White. And while that was probably not the sole reason why they ended up having so much success in the second half of the season, Derek White sort of just stabilized their defense and brought it to the level where it is today. And in these playoffs we've seen, he does have the ability to not only make, you know, three-point shots, but able to drive drive to the lane and also be a facilitator. While he, while he's not going to light up the box score, um, he is a nice piece coming off the bench for the Celtics team. And when the Celtics have their second unit going against the Warriors second unit, um I'm excited to see see the matchup between most likely Jordan Poole and Derek White, which, which should be very entertaining. My number
0: seven slot is going to be Robert Williams, and I think that you disrespected him a little bit by having him out of the top ten. Robert Williams is not the guy that's going to turn the box score and just turn it into a match and gasoline, but where Robert Williams is, Jet, is Robert Williams is the best bucket defender in this series and he showed that all through the uh, Brooklyn series as well as when he was available in the Miami Heat series so Robert Williams is is a guy that you don't want to like it's going to be tough I think Draymond Green even came out and said you know you don't you're not going to score uh inside against Robert Williams we're gonna have to find other ways to score and when a team is game planning around you like that that's it's very tough to keep him outside of the top ten, and I'm surprised he did.
1: Yeah, it could just be um, what he did to my heat. I, that could be part of the reason. But uh, with with the amount of minutes that he is playing, it just he just I know he can have an impact in, in that short amount of time. But I think it's it's going to be very hard for him to make make as big of an impact. Maybe we'll see him play more minutes. Um, we've also seen him get into a little bit of foul trouble and you know the, the this warriors seems a little bit different than the heat team just just with their overall play style i just think with the guys that i have above robert williams they're going to just be a little bit more impactful in this in this final series so disagree so number 7 for me disagree
0: hard disagree very hard that's
1: fine uh you don't really you don't really know <laughs> ball yet you're still very, very foul trouble foul
0: trouble only because the rest were favoring yeah. the Miami Heat. That's just not true. And, and you didn't know even it didn't work out. You just so. you
1: don't know ball yet. Still in the early stages. Not a problem there. I'm sure by next postseason. Right. Sorry, you got Derek
0: White in the top eight, but Robert Williams not in the top by, ten. By by next though.
1: postseason, you should be up to par with with the rest of uh the twenty-five-eight crew. I am expecting uh the underlying stats show that your basketball knowledge is going to improve immensely immensely by next postseason. So is your number seven? Uh, Number seven for me is Jordan Poole and when he started off this postseason he was consistently putting out 25 plus point games in that series against the Nuggets while he hasn't necessarily been lighting up the box score in the the past series against the Mavericks or the Grizzlies um, he is a big part of what this Warriors team does offensively and for him this is going to be his first NBA finals we'll see if the moment's too big for him I I do expect him to be just fine and I expect him to have some big games in this postseason in this finals
0: my number six is going to be marcus smart the reigning defensive player of the year and marcus smart is kind of the x factor for me for this whole series obviously you know what you're going to get from him on the defensive end and the effort side of things and you know just up and down the court the grit and the grind of the game itself but when marcus smart is able to score there is no team better than this Boston Celtics team in the NBA. Um, and if Marcus Smart can, and obviously his games of dropping 20 plus are pretty few and far between, but if he can string together two or three, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston sneaks the this this series uh, from the Golden State Warriors. And so Marcus Smart is going to slide in at sixth slot. Wouldn't be surprised if he is the most like impactful slash the game is determined based on how he plays type player in the series.
1: Yeah, I also have Marcus Smart at number six, but I have him at number one for most likely to earn an Oscar Uh, with the performances he continues to put on in this postseason and and really throughout his whole career. It's just miraculous, and I think we should all give him a round of applause because he he deserves all the credit because he definitely earned some of those fouls that he drew Drew, you know, as, I, jet, as I put in air quotes. But let me you know, let me it's... let me continue on with um why I have Marcus Smart at number at number six. Yeah, like Tommy said, when when he's able to put up a twenty point game, that does a lot for the Celtics team, and it is very few far in between. Um, but we know his defense is always going to be consistent, and he has a big matchup in front of him. I expect him to be closely guarding Steph Curry, and if he's able to lock him down, that's going to go a long way in improving the Celtics' chances to win this series. can be Marcus Smart at number six.
0: You know, it's funny, Jet, and everybody who may be listening to this. Right before we hopped on the Zoom and right before part of the recording, uh, I heard very confident words from Jet Rosenstein here. And, and you know what Jet told me? Jet, do you know what you told me?
1: What did I tell you?
0: You told me that you were over it and you told me that this heat loss didn't bother you very much and that it doesn't bother you at all anymore. Uh, I didn't even really need to instigate anything here. You just instantly saw the name Marcus Smart and got triggered at it. So maybe we can revisit this later in the show, but it's very evident that you're not over it yet. At number five, I do have Clay Thompson. He's averaging 20 points a game in this playoffs. Um, Had a monster game in game five to eliminate the Dallas Mavericks, who... I had, you know, just on a a glimmer of hope going to the NBA Finals, mostly for ratings. Uh, It didn't work anyways. But the thing here is that Klay Thompson is still the same shooter and scorer that he always was. His defense is obviously not as good as it was when he first came out of college from USC. But I think that Klay Thompson is going to continue to be the scorer that Steph Curry needs to elevate to the Finals. I mean, this team... Is pretty much the same exact team that it was the last two years, minus Clay Thompson. And they didn't sniff the finals. And now all of a sudden, Clay comes back from injury, and this team is instantly back to that same competitive team that it was um, in the Kevin Durant era and just a little bit after that as well.
1: Yeah, I just want to just a quick analogy so people can understand why why actually Tommy picked the Dallas Mavericks to win the NBA Finals. So like I mentioned before, his NBA NBA knowledge is not up to where we wanted, and that's fine. Still very early in the ball game here, but I like to classify Tommy's um, underlying metrics sort of like Alec Boehm's profile. Um, the metrics suggest he should be doing much better, but it's just really not there yet. And with time. The metrics will even out. Tommy will gain some more knowledge after, you know, he watches some basketball games and he'll be right up to par. But um, I don't want to ramble too much on that. Everyone kind of understands what my draft is. And I'm sure Penelope can can say the same as well. But number five for me is going to be. I don't know who Penelope is. Penelope, under your desk, just look down. Uh, Number five for me is Draymond Green. Um, Obviously the defensive anchor for this Warriors team. We never expect expect him to put up a ton of points offensively, but he makes his money on the defensive end. We saw that in all the previous Golden State Warriors finals runs. Whoever Draymond Green is on, he could be switching on to Tatum. He could be switching on to Jalen Brown. Um, he's sure to give whoever his matchup is a tough time. And, you know, in, in this series, I expect that impact to be just the same. And obviously he'll, he'll throw some points in um as well during the series. Yeah, I have
0: Draymond Green at 4. I have him one slot ahead of Clay only because obviously we know what he brings to the table defensively um as well as facilitating wise. But Draymond Green, he is acting all players in the NBA finals in assists right now. So he that part of his game is just as high as it's ever been. Um obviously the defense is still there and uh, will be there. And I think Draymond Green has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, oh, Marcus Smart won defensive player of the year. but well, let me show you why I think I should have won. Um, and I think that Draymond Green is going to have a monster series. And I think that he will be the determining factor in what I will get to a little bit later in why I think the Golden State Warriors are primed to win this series.
1: Yeah, number four for me is Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, and so far in this postseason, um, he leads all uh, postseason teams in travels not called by officials. But uh, more importantly, about this series, we know we know Jalen Brown has the ability to score when he wants. It's just a matter of him being very consistent, and we've we saw it in the series against the Heat, him not knocking down some insanely difficult shots. And I expect that to carry over once again into this series. And the playoffs is averaging about twenty three points, seven rebounds, and you know Jalen Brown, what he also provides defensively can't can't go unnoticed as well. Um, just just the the full player that he is providing value on both ends of the ball is is obviously one of the main reasons why the Celtics got to this point.
0: Yeah, he's going to be my number three player. And the main reason I have him in the top three is just the hyper-athletic player that he is. His athleticism, he's kind of one of those guys that his athleticism is, is carrying him a little bit. Um, obviously not on the level of like a John Morant or a prime Russell Westbrook. But he's kind of the player I think about as far as athleticism goes when I when I uh, see those guys in their primes. I, I, they're very similar to me. But the thing is, is that Jalen Brown out of college, he wasn't supposed to be this kind of prolific scorer that he is. Um, Now, all of a sudden, he's a guy you have to game plan for defensively, and no one really expected that. And so because of how complete his game is, offensive, defensive, um, obviously, he can pass the ball a little bit as well. I think Jalen Brown is easily a top three player in the series
1: yeah uh number three for me is gonna be Clay Thompson and obviously we may never see the the original Clay Thompson pre-injury but we've definitely seen glimpse especially in the last several games in the playoffs obviously Tommy alluded to that 32 point game in game five against the Mavericks he's sprinkled in a couple other 30 point games and his shooting looks like it's kind of getting back to where it was. But I mean, some Clay Thompson out there is better than no Clay Thompson. And while he he's still gonna be able to bring it as a shooter defensively, he may not be where he was, but he's still able to um he's better. He's, he'll be better than a lot of other defenders the Warriors could potentially put out there. So I think we we start to see more of the prime Clay Thompson in this series. And I think honestly, he's gonna be the reason why the Warriors win this series, in my opinion. My number
0: two is going to be Jason Tatum. Extremely hard to not give him the one spot, um, especially because of the like the, the massive level difference that he has against Steph Curry as far as uh, defense goes. Um, but for me, Tatum is a two, obviously because of experience. Uh, this is his fourth uh, or fifth year in the NBA now, and he's just not – he's never been to a finals. Curry's been to a billion of them. So that's going to be one of the main differences. He's at two. But for me, Tatum is the most complete player in this finals. He's got offense. He's got defense. He can pass the ball. He can shoot the ball from all three uh, facets of the offense. He can shoot threes, mid-range. Obviously, he can drive and lay the ball up. Uh, He also is a very – he's very attentive on offense. He's not kind of the guy that's just standing there waiting for something to happen. He's making things happen, whether he's on ball or off ball. And for me, Jason Tatum is top two. It's hard to not leave him at one, but like I said, he just doesn't have the experience. So for the sake of this finals, I can't have him at one.
1: I I completely disagree. It wasn't hard for me at all to leave Jason Tatum at number two, just with the the experience level plays a, plays a bigger role in my analysis in this. And also I want to speak on Jason Tatum's consistency while he's, he's been there for the most part throughout these playoffs we saw, I just want to read you his, his field goal percentages in the game against the Heat. It went It went on and off each year. So he went from 47 to 60, uh, 47% to to 61% to 21% to 50%, back down to 35%, up to 75%, and then back down to 40%. All of a sudden, none of those numbers are extreme. And The, the extreme worst aren't extremely bad, but it is something to point out that Jason Tatum hasn't been Totally consistent in this series. Not to say I have him at two for a reason. He is a top eight player in the NBA at this point, and he's proven that once again, and he's finally getting a shot at the NBA Finals to to prove that he is one of the best players in the league, can do it all. He can do something Steph Curry can't do, and that is defense, like Tommy mentioned. Um, however, I would like to see Jason Tatum maybe maybe drive the ball to the basket a little bit. He sometimes wants to take those very difficult shots, which oftentimes he makes. But uh, Jason Tatum, I think I think he is clearly though. I think there is a, a drop off between two and three for me.
0: Bigger drop off between two and three, two for sure. Uh, my number one player, that said, though, is Steph Curry. After Jets' long analysis on Jason Tatum, you can tell he's a very angry Miami Heat fan at the moment. He just needs to get it off his chest. I understand. I I guess I've been there before, except I wasn't this angry when the Sixers lost. For number one is Steph Curry, and Steph Curry is, is the name, brand. He is the passer. He is the scorer, and he is a max effort offensive player. And that's exactly what you're going to get. And I think that Steph Curry, though he has all these rings, he still has something. Never won that final. And he wants to, you know, I mean, if there is doubters out, he wants to prove him wrong with that one more little thing to put in his trophy case. And I think that Steph Curry is the number one player over Tatum, like I said, because of his experience in this big moment that he's been here plenty of times. Um, His health is finally starting to get there. We haven't really seen a healthy Steph Curry for a, long, a large portion of this season, and I think that that can attribute to some of his statistics being down a little bit, but Steph Curry is going to be the prolific scorer and three-point shooter that we've seen in, in years prior.
1: Yeah, number one for me uh, is also Steph Curry, and enough cannot be said what he's been able to accomplish so far in this his career. Um being in all these finals, winning all of these awards, whether it's MVPs, All-Stars, scoring champs, breaking numerous records, um, and, and the biggest thing that separates him from all the other players players on this list is not only the experience, but the ability to shine in these kinds of moments. And and that's kind of what you need. Um, NBA Finals teams that win or tend to have a superstar player, and Steph Curry is definitely that superstar player, while he struggled sort of down the stretch in the regular season, he seems to have picked it back up here in this postseason. He hasn't had a game under uh, 14 points in this postseason. Every game in double digits with a good amount of 30-point games and the three-point shooting has definitely come alive as well. Obviously, defense is is always going to be an issue, but I think with him and his matchup, most likely with Marcus Smart, that shouldn't be too big of a worry for him. So give me Steph Curry to round out my list at number one.
0: Okay. A few other, few other things to mention prior to the series. It looks like that we will probably see Gary Payton, if not game one, definitely in game two. Um, and that's just, that's another piece to this giant warriors beast um, that this Boston Celtics team does have to face. Obviously he provides a ton of defensive help. Gary Payton does. And I'm expecting this a very good series but um real quick jet let's go ahead and look over our top tens so for me i have five and five i have five warriors and celtics my two honorable mentions though celtics players um and that you know looking at just that you would think well i'm leaning towards the celtic side they have two of the top three players they also have more players within my list of players that i thought should be mentioned But the thing is, obviously, we have talked about this quite a few times already on the show, is experience. And then, you know, another thing is I think that the coaching side as well, the Warriors do take home. So I think that the Warriors win the series, but we can get to that in just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I also have five and five on my list um, with two of my top three being actually Warriors players. So that kind of um, tells you why I'm picking out of spite. I mean, out of my analysis. Why um, I have those those two Warriors players at the top of the list, but yeah, top top ten NBA players for me in in these 2022 Finals, which I'm really looking forward to.
0: Okay, Jet, you are. I mean, I'm. I feel bad for you. You you were really riding on the Heat, like we've heard for months and months now. Well, the Heat are the best team. Besides the Phoenix Suns, obviously – They were all were the year. All year
1: long, they were.
0: No, they actually yep. were not. All year long, they were. No, the problem is, is that they just they tried way harder than everybody else in the regular season and ultimately really? – Well, they
1: they were missing half of their team for half ultimately, the games. So.
0: Ultimately, injuries came back to bite them, so
1: – Like, all, like all season long for number one no. seed with Bam and Jimmy missing a bunch of games as is. I mean, that's with Omar Yurtzivin getting big minutes, so –
0: it's year seven, but so the thing here, Jet, and this isn't a heat episode by any stretch of the imagination, but you want to make it one.
1: I, so let's do it. The
0: thing here that I do want to highlight
1: is this was their year of opportunity. The Miami heat are now done. The window never closes when you're the, the Miami heat, especially when you have Pat Riley and, and Andy Ellsberg at the head of the operation here, always willing, always ready to make that next move. The Heat are are not a team that misses the playoffs very often. They're one of the most consistent and um, well-operated franchises in the league. And I would not be surprised at all if they are back in the Eastern Conference Finals with a chance to get to the finals after they make a very, very big move in the offseason. Uh,
0: The only issue with that is that we can very easily say with the culmination of the Heat season, That Jimmy Butler's prime is officially behind him. And, you know, I'm excited to see that. Explain
1: that. Explain that to me.
0: Uh, Jimmy Butler, you you really want to explain it?
1: Explain it, yeah.
0: Because I'm not fooling around. And this might hurt your feelings. Okay, Jimmy Butler is a high-intensity, high-intent player. And he always has been. Now, the problem with that is, usually it's great. But you have to learn to tone it down every once in a while. And Jimmy Butler with a very high intent, high intensity play style offensively and defensively, knee issues are not going to go away. These these injuries are now going to linger for the rest of his career, um especially because as you age, you don't heal as, as you used to. Obviously the guy's not 40 years old yet, but he is getting over the cusp of you know what you consider the peak performance of athletes in major team sports um but the thing is like i said these knees these knee issues are going to linger now for the rest of his career or he would or if they don't he will have to change his play style and in my opinion that means either way his prime years are now behind
1: him here's the thing he's gonna age like fine wine and the th- the, when I'm just looking at how Jimmy Butler has evolved as a player, um, ever since back into the 2018-2019 season, when the Philadelphia 76ers dis- dis- decided to destroy his career, and he produced one of his worst scoring output years in his career at 18.2 points per game, he has significantly gotten better with age and obviously being a part of the heat system, his numbers and his production and him being a facilitator has gotten better. And it's only going to continue to get better. I'm not saying in this last until his late thirties or, but he definitely has a few good, very good seasons left, especially with him now being a top 10 player in the NBA. He's not a top 10
0: player in the NBA because of a few good playoff games. And secondly, next time we see Jimmy Butler, he's going to be 33 years old yet young and it's definitely not young for a player who like i said gives max effort and has knee issues i don't know how you really can't put these numbers together like i am
1: i mean the next next time i'll see jimmy butler will be in training camp where he'll still be 32 years old so kind of i don't know what what facts penelope is feeding you down under but um, I still believe in Jimmy Butler. I don't. I with the level that he played at, with him being banged up, he has a full off season to recover, get those knees into tip top shape. He's gonna be just fine.
0: I do Let's apologize move for move everyone on. listening to on, this. Though. Let's move on though. I do apologize to everyone listening to this on behalf of the whole twenty five eight sports team. Obviously, me, my understudy, Jet Rosenstein. Is romantic relationship with Ken, um who sometimes does appear on this show. I do apologize on behalf of all three of us. And, be. Yeah, I still don't know who that one is, but um, let's go ahead and move on here. Let's do it. So Jet and I have come up with stages. I mean, here's my name for it. Stages of heat.
1: <laughs>
0: stages of heat. Um, we are coming up with a bold prediction, a very bold prediction, and extremely hot. This The stove is heated to the max. Um, it's Miami heated up. We each have three, three bold, progressively more bold predictions um, for this NBA Finals. I'll go ahead and start with my first one, Jed, if you'd like. Go for it. My first prediction is I'm taking Warriors in five games. And I went bold with this one. Obviously, five games is a very small series um, just because of how good this Celtics team is, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But it's it's hard to look at the way the Warriors team ended this series against the Mavericks, who, by the way, are not a bad team whatsoever. Obviously, Luka and then a bunch of other Complimentary pieces, but Jalen Brunson had a very good playoffs. Uh, Denwitty played well. They they got they got a few contrib- contributions from key contributors, and so the Warriors and five I I would consider to be both. And I'm taking this because I just I don't see the Celtics matching up well against the Warriors. Yes, they're going to be able to guard, but the Warriors can play defense too. They 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 don't they're no pushovers on the defensive side of the ball obviously minus steph curry but obviously i think i think curry will be guarding smart and that's why i said smart would be a very big um what's what's the word i'm looking for a very big x factor in this series because smart's gonna have the easiest task on offense he needs to capitalize and if he doesn't it's gonna be a very quick series such as warriors and five
1: yeah for me um My bold prediction is going to be that Andrew Wiggins is going to win the NBA Finals MVP. And obviously, you would expect someone like Steph Curry to win, but he's been a part of three finals already, and one was won by Andre Udala, and the other two were won by Kevin Durant. A fun fact, a a point guard or a center hasn't won the NBA Finals MVP in, I believe, 20-plus years. That is telling right there. That is telling that the award is catered to guys that play as as a small forward, as a shooting guard, as a power forward, and Andrew Wiggins is that guy. And it's not like I'm saying that a guy that isn't going to produce is going to win the Finals MVP. Andrew Wiggins has had some really nice games in these playoffs, and considering that the Celtics' best defender, Marcus Smart, is going to be on Steph Curry. Andrew Wiggins is going to have even more chances to produce, and like I mentioned before, Clay Thompson isn't still at full strength. Draymond Green isn't going to light up the box score. Jordan Poole's not going to be in the starting lineup. He's going to be getting coming off the bench, even though he will be getting um, starter type minutes at times. So that just lose Andrew Wiggins, and he definitely does have a shot at taking home the Finals MVP.
0: My very bold prediction kind of goes hand in hand with the, with yours. I have Andrew Wiggins. I think he's going to average 22 and eight in this NBA finals. That's going to require eight more points per game out of him. Obviously rebounds. He's pretty close to that anyways, but I think that I I think it's very feasible. I really do because like you said, a lot of these uh, Boston defenders are going to be more worried about your Curry's your clay Thompson on the perimeter. Um, obviously Draymond Green, you can't just leave alone in the paint, uh, or when he's outside, because like, like we mentioned before, he can pass the ball very well. I think that Andrew Wiggins is going to have to take quite a bit of this weight off of the tight Boston Celtic defense, because obviously in the NBA, there's always a play to be made, maybe not on every single possession, but odds are that you're not going to get two or three possessions in a row where there's just no moves that you can make on an offense. And it can seem to be suffocating at times uh, when you're going against a very heavily defensive, heavy team, especially when your guy that's going to be open and who I think it will be is Andrew Wiggins isn't scoring. So I think Andrew Wiggins will take advantage and average 22 points per game in this series.
1: Which would be then an NBA finals MVP. So that that goes along great. Um, Well, thing, Jet. As we mentioned
0: this, a player that we mentioned before in the show, Brendan Rogers, he just came up with a very, very big game against your Miami Marlins, a three-homer unrelated. game. Unrelated. This is just not even um, related. Straight out of Orlando, about. Florida, rival high school. Um, you know, I, I used to go to games and watch this kid play. So congratulations to him. Very, very awesome to see a three-home run game out of the Colorado Rockies second baseman.
1: Yeah, you didn't even mention that the third one was so a the walk The third off. one was a
0: walk-off home yeah. run. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mention that because yeah. people can do their research.
1: Yeah, just, just, just like per usual, Tommy loves uh, going on tangents and bringing up random topics that just don't relate to the show, hence why ratings are kind of tanking. Um, but my very bold prediction kind of relates to what Tommy was saying about how he thinks the Warriors are going to win in five. I also think the Warriors are going to win in five, and it's going to be an easy five. Um, but my bold prediction you is You just say that because you're angry. No, no, no. I, I, I honestly believe it, and that's why my, extru- my very bold prediction is that the Boston Celtics will not win a game at home during this series. And we've seen them have a lot more success on the road in this series. They're 7-2 and two on the road, and they're 5-4 and four at home. And obviously one of those road wins was a crucial game seven against my Miami Heat, which was as big as it gets when it comes to winning games on the road. Once upon a time, away teams were never supposed to win these types of games at, home, at on the road. But now they're teams like the Celtics are finding ways to do it. So if I just want to you know, stack up how I think this series is going to go, I think both teams split. In Golden State, but then I think Golden State wins both games in Boston, and then they they finish off the series back in Golden State with a win, hence, they win the series 5 one, 4 1. And Boston doesn't pick up a home game. By the way, I also, I also want to point out something on um, the reason why I don't think the Celtics are going to win a home game, it, it besides it having to do with the fact that the Warriors are a very good team. Um, I just don't believe they care to win in front of their home fans because, honestly, their home fans are probably one of the worst fans in the NBA and maybe even all of sports. If I had to pick my bottom five in terms of city um, sports fans, uh, five would be Philadelphia, four would be Dallas, three would be Boston, and then two – no, no, two would be Boston, three would be L.A., four would be um, Dallas, five would be Philly, one would be New York, obviously New York's one, but Boston does fall into my bottom five in, in terms of fan bases.
0: That's a mouthful and a half there. Definitely just bit off more than you could chew. My ears bit off more than they could listen. From Penelope. I don't know who that is. So your your prediction is that the Celtics will not win a game series
1: they will not win a game at home right
0: okay it's much easier much easier said that way my extremely heated here uh is that al horford will average a 15 point six assist double double so he's gonna go for 15 10 and six and he will average that throughout the whole entire series al Horford he is here to win his finals, and he's going to do everything that he can to ensure that he gives the Celtics the best chance at winning this. Obviously, it's not super up to him because, you know, his age, you can't really take over. That's um, never really been his game anyways. But I think that Al Horford is going to have a monster series as far as being an incredible, incredible role player and do exactly what he has to do to win.
1: Yeah, I would classify that as a very bold um, prediction on my scale. But for me, um, my extremely bold prediction has to do with Steph Curry breaking some records in these playoffs. And these are records that he has actually already set. So first off, uh, for most three-point field goals in one series, Steph Curry currently has the record with 32, and that was set back in the 2016 Finals. Steph Curry also holds the record for most three-point field goals in one game, and that was nine, and that was back in 2018. So, therefore, I think Steph Curry does one better in both of these categories and best both of his records Hence, making for a very, 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 extremely bold prediction. Thoughts?
0: Didn't Shake Milton hit fifteen in a row one time? That, uh-huh. No, that's a, that's a genuine question. I I saw a tweet that asked who hit who's hit the most ever. The number is fifteen. A lot of the replies were Shake Milton. I really can't find the answer. On
1: <laughs> well, I'll I'll get that to Ken and um. Because, can get yeah,
0: tell Ken, tell Ken to figure that one out. Nice, yeah. extremely bold predictions there. So run them back to me just so I can write them down a little bit slower. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Andrew Wiggins will win. The... No, 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 no. Just just the Curry one. Oh, just the Curry one. Uh, Steph Curry breaks two of his own records: most three-point field goals made in one series. And in most... five games? Yeah. Wow.
0: Crazy there, Jet. And most three-point field goals <laughs> in one game. Interesting.
1: All right, well, this will be well, our which, first – I uh... need to clarify something because I obviously I'm getting some <laughs> chuckles. On. Um, All of these predictions don't link with one another. So when I say I understand that, when when I say this bold prediction, (laughs) this is this is in the idea that it's going seven games. Okay,
0: but your your bold prediction wasn't even that they would win in five. Your bold prediction was just they wouldn't win at home, right? Celtics, right? So so technically speaking, your real prediction is that they win in five, but Curry still breaks the all-time threes in a that series are, that not
1: correlate these things like this isn't a totally different universe this prediction right okay. yeah, yeah all right i understand that uh
0: this will be our first uh first thing that i've written down that we'll actually be able to revisit <laughs> and i'm excited to do so because i think that you're gonna feel real stupid about leaving rob williams out of the top 10 you know what i'm uh, excited for well i'm excited giving... i'm
1: excited for this series to be over in less than two weeks
0: as well as getting Otto Porter an honorable mention, um, but not to even talk about a guy like Pritchard, or who didn't you talk about? There was
1: another one. Hey, first of all, let me let me comment on Peyton Pritchard really quickly. If you want to talk about Jimmy Butler's knee issues that he's going to have, I want to point to the source of that, and that's Peyton Pritchard. What he did in that series against the heat on that play against Jimmy Butler, one of the dirtiest players I've ever seen in pro sports, not just NBA pro sports. I said it. Um, and it was unnoticed and that was just the nature of this series refs, not noticing these certain things. Adam silver probably was watching this game. Um, only for Celtics glory because they, for some reason want to see the Celtics in the finals, which makes no sense. Um, more than half of their titles were won in, in the 60s with Bill Russell when uh, the level of talent wasn't nearly as what it is today. So, yeah, Peyton Percher definitely on the bottom five for uh, my my least, my least liked players, along with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams as well. Um, if
0: I didn't know any better, I would think that this is the first episode of a month, and this is the Miami Heat team of the month episode for those of you that are confused as I am it's not for the record I didn't listen either to Jets long and angry like super angry explain explanation of why people are injured and why Adam Silver is rigging it against the Miami Heat for some you know reason it's
1: true you know it's it, you're not gonna say it so, here. you're not gonna say it here but you know it's true
0: so the thing that I'm gonna go ahead and move on to is back to the NBA Finals The Heat are, unfortunately, a very irrelevant team to this. So, the NBA Finals. I'm going to go ahead and plead my case as to why, obviously winning in five was a bold prediction. My actual prediction is that I have the Golden State Warriors winning this series in six games. Plead my case as to why that is, just super quickly. Honestly, I think that the Warriors actually have more to prove than the Celtics do. Obviously, there's talk about the Celtics. People wanted to see them broken up if they didn't make this NBA finals, which obviously I wasn't on that train just because I think that's ludicrous. Um, This team is still super young and they've gotten better each and every year that they've been together. So I'm not on that boat, but I'm also not on the boat that they have the most to prove either. Either. I think that this Warriors team, every single player, has something to prove. Klay Thompson wants to show that he's the same guy that he was before the um, terrible Achilles injury. Draymond Green wants to show that he's better than Marcus Smart on defense. Steph Curry wants to show that he can win a finals MVP. Andrew Wiggins wants to show that he wasn't a rejected first overall pick. He wants to show that his career can be revived here in Golden State, and it has. Gary Payton wants to show he can come back from injury. Jets' favorite player, Otto Porter, wants to do what he can. But all kidding aside, I think that the Warriors, every single player on this team, there is kind of a story surrounding them as to why they need to win this finals as far as their legacy. Um, Steve Kerr, he wants to win another one, obviously, without Kevin Durant. Steph Curry wants to win another one without Kevin Durant. Um, Probably watching this whole thing at home in his basement on Twitter, just nervous to, as hell as to what he's reading. But so there's my first thing. My second thing. So there's 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 motivation. I think motivation is on the Warriors side. And secondly, I think that the overall structure of this Warriors team is too good to be beaten. And what I mean by that is ever since Steve Kerr took over, Jet, I don't know if you knew this, the Warriors have held opponents to the lowest field goal percentage in the league. And you don't think of the Warriors as that kind of team. And this isn't like a two-year sample size, Jet. This is what, eight years, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And they've made the finals in six of them, by the way. They have held opponents to the lowest field goal percentage because why? They had Steph Curry. They knew what they had. And what great teams do, Jet, is they take their star and build around what the star does not have. They don't build around what the star has. Like we mentioned earlier with Luka Doncic, they need to go get a store that can play off ball, a score that can play off ball. That's what this team did. They went and got Klay Thompson, a 3 and D guy, but like the most glorified 3 and D guy probably ever. Klay Thompson is absolutely deadly from the perimeter. Obviously before the injury, he was much better on defense, but still he's a very good defender Draymond Green incredible defender Kevin Durant that was really the biggest obviously the biggest star that Curry's ever played with even him though he was he was willing to play defense and he played defense he wasn't one of these guys that just watched the defensive side of the court you know like a like Luca kind of does even Steph himself and I think that the structure of this team is still similar Gary Payton Andrew Wiggins Otto Porter, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, blah, 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 blah. This team is built around Steph Curry's flaws. And I think that that really is a recipe for winning in the NBA. And I think a lot more teams need to look at what their stars do not have. Luka Doncic can't play defense. Build a Warriors-esque roster around him. And I think if they do that, they win. But that's not what we're talking about right now. That's why I think the Warriors are going to win this series very easily.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was very well said. Uh, let, me, let me get a little bit serious here. I, I don't have the Warriors winning in five games. I do. I do have them winning, but I do have them winning also in six games. Um, as much as I don't want it to be an entertaining series, I think it will be both. Both of these teams are very good. I just think the Celtics are a little a little bit too early um, once they get this experience under their belt. I would not be surprised at all if they're back in this position once again this year because we we can't forget uh, Jason Tatum's only 24 years old and he is is already one of the best players in this league. Jalen Brown is only 26 years old. Um, But it it is evident that with both of these teams, they were constructed the right way. Most of the players on both of these teams were developed within both of those organizations' buildings. Um, Obviously with the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they actually were able to draft those picks after acquiring them into the signature Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics trade that had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce um, going to the Brooklyn Nets, which is obviously looking like a huge win for the Celtics with what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are able to do. But um, honestly though, I do expect these the Celtics to win Game One. I think with the break that the Warriors have had significantly longer than the the Celtics. The Warriors uh, played their last game last Thursday, and now they're playing Game One this coming Thursday. And then the Celtics finished off their series with the Heat on Sunday. Few few less days of rest, and the Celtics are coming off of a of a Game Seven where they won. I think they carry that motivation into winning game one of the NBA Finals. A um, couple more things to add. I, I do agree with you, Tommy, that the Warriors definitely have uh, more motivation, more to prove in this series based on the fact what each of these players is out to try and get. And and you kind of touched on what all those players are trying to prove. But it's going to be it's gonna be a good series in all, in all seriousness. I'm not going to watch it at all, but it's going to be a very fun series
0: surprising jet usually when i ask you if you watch the game you immediately say yes um it's okay though i'm excited to teach you about what happens in the series then i'm gonna let i'm gonna let the awkward silence pile up i'm gonna let you think of a response
1: i wasn't gonna respond i was just gonna sit here and laugh
0: okay no worries let me see the jet stance really quickly can't get
1: the fuck away
0: <laughs> jet there's no kersey on this show i i don't know who told you that Wait, there was but there's not my
1: my mic was muted no no
0: oh, okay okay I, so do you agree surprise very surprising when i found out that they've held opponents field goal percentage since kurt took
1: over that is the kind of stat that i like to hear and i i'm honestly I'm, I'm surprised just to hear that's that. that's kind of like a fuck
0: yes yeah that
1: it is yeah Yeah, no cursing (laughs) on the show but um uh that that is pretty remarkable just just I'm just kind of thinking of all the different defenses and teams we've seen in 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 the past eight years or so and and obviously when you have Draymond Green as an anchor of your defense maybe you would expect something like that but Draymond Green's only one person so Mm -hmm. that I think it I think it speaks to I I don't think Steve Kerr gets a lot of credit and a lot of that credit is taken away just because of the years with Kevin Durant. But Steve Kerr has consistently gotten this team back. We can't forget a couple of years ago, the Warriors were at the top of the draft lottery. Now they're Mm -hmm. sitting in the NBA finals with a chance to win another ring to add to a franchise that has had a lot of success in the past 10 10 years after the initial years of their franchise were a lot of mediocrity. And then it's totally a, a change in what we've seen from this organization
0: basketball mastermind jet one more question i did have for you about what i did touch on why why do you think that the celtics and do you think it continues this trend in the series why do you think that in both series that they have played in this playoffs um obviously um milwaukee and your miami heat home field advantage didn't matter a whole lot in any of the games played it was never like we take two, you take two. It was very back and forth in, in both games. Do you think that attests to maybe this team isn't as strong as the Warriors because they can't string together wins? Get you test to lack of focus? What do you think this really comes from?
1: I, I, th- I think it's been a matter of the Celtics getting maybe a little bit too complacent, uh, especially when they've came off wins, because while they did win two in a row against the Heat in the series – um they would also come off of a win and just not show up at all and if they want to win these finals they cannot do that at all i mean one thing that is going for the celtics team they have not lost back-to-back games throughout these playoffs but i would expect i mean i expect that kind of behavior though when you do have a young team especially a team without a lot of experience in these types of games i i don't see the warriors pulling off that kind of thing but if the Celtics can learn anything from this past two series, um, they should learn to not be complacent coming into games, even though they won and they maybe they took a game lead in the series. But if that does happen in this series, um, the, the Warriors are going to capitalize. There's no doubt about it, and, and it's going to end up hurting them. By the way, I know I, I know I said the thing about the Celtics, Boston fans being a bottom five fan base in sports. I still believe that. Um, but I think what what happens is when the Celtics are playing in Boston, I think Boston fans have extremely high expectations for their teams, as they should. I mean, each of the four major sports franchises, I believe, has won titles in the past five years, which kind of shows the, the type of atmosphere that you're expecting at these types of games. But I feel like it's the type of thing where these Celtics players are trying to live up to those expectations And they are failing to do so, especially at home, um, which they gotta win at home in this series. I mean, I I know I I still am standing by that poll prediction that they won't win at home, but I'm not even I'm not even too worried about them winning on the road. I'm more worried about them winning at home.
0: Yeah, I think unfortunately for the Celtics team, kind of similar to the team that I said will have to come back next year. In the Dallas Mavericks, who I think are just gonna get better. Kind of same with the Memphis Grizzlies. This team is going to have to learn the hard way that you can't just get motivated by a loss. And the only way to learn the hard way is to get smacked in the face by an experienced big dog team like the Golden State Warriors. Um, and just you can never get anything going. Even after a loss, you're not able to just win on motivation. They're really gonna to have to work and that's why the Warriors that, do win the series.
1: That, that's that's the one thing I, I will say. I was disappointed that my Miami Heat could not capitalize, considering they a lot of the guys on that team have Finals experience, have playoff experience. Um, the Heat well, it's a that, lot of it's a lot of just guys out of their primes and players
0: that were undrafted. So it's not. It's kind of what I expect.
1: I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't expect it. Obviously, we're we're. Uh, Two different, two different opinions here, which is fine. Um, maybe we'll have Ken sell it after the show. But um, just lost what I was going to say, but it's okay. Tommy, continue.
0: Uh, so that's it for the finals, really. That's all I have. One more thing I wanted to touch on. Do you agree with me in the fact that I said, you know, maybe the recipe is to build around your star's flaws rather than to just add more stars around him? and build on his strengths, you know, like, obviously, LeBron and Kyrie won. um, But LeBron's not the type of player that you really you look at him and think of his flaws. So LeBron and Kyrie won more so obviously Kyrie hit, you know, a couple really big uh, with this in his tenure playing with LeBron. But LeBron also took over for most of these games. But like you, you look at play like teams that are super, super into, like, like Kobe Bryant and Sha- Shaquille O'Neal, when they won, uh, Shaquille O'Neal was the perfect complement. Obviously, you can argue he was better all time than Kobe. That's to be, that's up to kind of judgment. Obviously, centers are more important and impactful in games a lot of the time, but kind of Shaq was like the perfect complement to Kobe's weaknesses. And that's why they were able to win together. Obviously, they're both top 10 players of all time, so it's kind of different. But do you see what I'm saying as far as them building around Curry, not being able to play defense and not really willing to play
1: defense? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw a a brief period of time where all teams would do would throw money at superstar players and just add on to current superstar players. Um doesn't didn't it matter what kind of Weakness They needed to fill. They just wanted to add the best players. And for many teams like, like the heat, I mean, that's a different scenario since you added at that point in time, probably top 10, top 15 players in the league. But I I do think as we go into the next several years of NBA basketball, I think it is a better, better idea. And I agree with you that teams start to target some of the weaknesses that they have. Because if you, if you add a strength onto a strength compared to adding a a strength to cover up a weakness. If you're covering up that weakness, you're gonna have more success than just covering up a current strength. And for the Mavericks to find a piece that'll complement Luka is definitely going to help them. I'm um, even besides adding a shooter, just to add on to that, I think you could definitely use an upgrade to Maxi Kleber. He is not the answer at the center position at all, but definitely, definitely that the, the Shaq Kobe analogy is is perfect. Even though they are extremely talented players some of the best players to ever play this game but I do agree with you that that is the direction that teams should look to go into because when you add a player like a Russell Westbrook and try and mix him with Anthony Davis and LeBron James yeah those are all players that we've seen time and time again perform in this league but that wasn't the right complementary piece to LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook
0: right even I think adding James Harden to the Sixers or James Harden and Kyrie Irving to Kevin Durant's Brooklyn Nets, um, and th- these are all things that we can talk about after this. This is kind of off-season topic. On, on
1: paper, on paper, it looks good, but it right. doesn't, it and it never solve, has worked yeah, out.
0: Right. Obviously, Blake Griffin, the greatest player of the past twenty-five years. So, these are all, or I meant dunk contest player. My, my mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these still, are all – still
1: early, still, still, uh, bad. Um expected batting average it's still still low so no worries there
0: i'm gonna let jet off the hook here without a word of the day segment i know it still still hurts but i am going to insult him at some point here in the outro but you know that's to be determined when it happens or even if it does thank you guys so much for listening fuck you jet uh this has really been a great episode of the 25 8 podcast we appreciate all of our viewers and Tommy, this is Jet, and that was the twenty five eight fuck jet cast.
1: Thanks, guys. I'm really hoping that the, the, the refs favor uh the Warriors in this series because obviously that's that's where the the playoffs have been. So thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Thanks,
0: thank guys. You. Thank you, thank you. Thank you.